Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hi, <laughs> welcome to a very special bonus episode of Town Hall, a Black Queer Podcast with Bob the Drag Queen and me, Peppermint, the podcast where we journey through a theme by sharing stories, music, poetry, and art of varying depth and hilarity. Today's bonus episode will be just the two of us, no guests, discussing current events that affect all of us as a part of the Black queer community. So Pepsi in LA working on um, Transparent the Musical. Is it called Transparent the Musical? The actual like book name is A Transparent Musical. And I think that's because it's not the musical version of the TV show. Because there was a musical episode. uh, There was. And it's also not that. I think when I say Transparent the Musical, people obviously go to the musical episode of of the show and say, oh, is it just that? And it's, it's definitely not. It's inspired by the TV show, which is inspired, it's inspired by the life of the creators of the show, just as the TV show was, but the TV show was a different inspiration and this is a different inspiration, but they're both based on the lives of the two creators, uh, Joey and Faith Soloway. I felt so slow. You know how long it took me to realize that they were saying like a parent who is trans <laughs> Girl, I, I thought it just meant see through. I think the show has been. I thought it was just like. I thought it was just like yeah, like 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 we're being transparent and and there are trans and there are a lot of trans people in the story. I thought it was, I thought it was like we're just being open about being trans and and what it's like to be trans and have a and have a and be raised by a, a, tr- a person who's trans. But it just I don't know why it just never. And then I was like, oh my god, parent, it's wild. <laughs> Not my proudest moment. Wow. And and I'm in here <laughs> and I'm um, preparing to go on a tour. When can for they- Madonna? With Madonna, the Queen of Pop. Where where can they see you, um, Pepe? They want if they want to get tickets. Uh, if they want to get tickets, they can go to marktaperforum.com. I I can't type on my keyboard because I don't want to mess up the microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, they can go to I think marktaperforum.com or they can just if you Google transparent Los Angeles, mm-hmm. you can you'll you know it'll obviously come up. You'll find it. I'm trying to That's, find my and phone. you all got it. Obviously, it's a limited run, so go and get your tickets before they are gone. Ani, um, I've I've been lucky enough to see Pep perform in um in a musical twice, the same musical two times. Um, and it really is a treat and a joy, and uh, very few people light up the stage in the way that my my sis uh, Peppermint does. So, um, if y'all want to come see me, you can go. Um, you can type in Celebration Tour, and you can see me and Madonna um, and a in a venue near you, probably. Not and you could probably just Google Madonna. <laughs> as well yeah and the tickets will come out <laughs> yeah i would say celebration tour but yeah i mean yeah madonna tour yeah uh it's called yeah. a celebration tour we're celebrating uh four 
decades. That is 40, 40 years. years. Now, Pep, you know that the world is a wild, wild place. The world's always been a wild place. But um, right now, for queer people, for LGBTQIA plus people, it is getting, um, in at least in these Americas, it has gotten particularly hostile. A lot of people do not feel safe. You know, a record number of anti-LGBTQIA plus uh, laws have been introduced this year alone. There's a wave of anti-LGTB legislation in red states as the GOP wages um, what feels like a culture war um, ahead of us in 2024. I think this is going to be a, I mean, last election year, the last two election cycles were wild. You mean the general election, like the presidential? Presidential elections have been wild. Clinton, I mean, uh, Trump versus um, Biden was wild, and Trump versus Hillary Clinton. was Clinton was wild, um, and it is. I I feel like it's gonna. It's, I feel like it's probably gonna end up being Trump versus Joe Biden again, um, and I think it's gonna even be if they, even if the, even if the two of them weren't running, it would be essentially Trump versus Biden. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's gonna get even wilder and wilder. And you know, I think that because of where politics are, our politicians are getting extremely, um, dare I say, uh, bold. You know what I mean? Yeah, they definitely are. They're getting a lot, a lot bolder than they were. Um, specifically, there is a certain state at the very bottom of our of our country, um, to the west, <laughs> all the way to the east, all the way to the bottom. Um, that has been getting a lot of attention because Ron DeSantis has been kind of uh, creating a safe space for um, the kind of rhetoric and lawmaking um, that he's making down there for for people who do not like queer people, um, but also not a safe space for act for you know actual queer people. On April nineteenth, Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis expanded on what is being referred to as the don't say gay laws. The Board of Education approved a ban on classroom instructions about sexual orientation and gender identity at all grades. This is K through 12. Also, the House has passed a bill to make it a felony to provide gender affirming health care to transgender minors. Um, And the last thing I have about Texas here is that um, I have a quote here in the image of God. He created them. Male and female, he created them. Folks, this is a rock-solid, irreversible, validated by science and our in our medical community, period, said um, Republican Representative Chase Tremont. Um, you are either male or female. This is not this is not subject to one's opinion. It is a demonstrable fact. Uh, and that is that paints a, a pretty broad stroke of the political climate right now happening in the state of Florida. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com podcast. Yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, mind boggling, and it and it really. I, I think the thing that's really interesting. I mean, the, the "Don't Say Gay" bill was just the beginning, and even though it's still developing, it's really interesting how these 
the, the, what we hear about, like a politician will get up and tweet something or make a speech that goes on video and people will hear them saying, I'm, I'm, it's my intention to outlaw this group of people. And then we don't usually hear like the sort of how that plays out or the follow through of that. And a lot of times they don't follow through. Sometimes they do. They'll present something that either doesn't become a law or gets stricken down. And we don't usually hear much about that generally. But just the intention alone is is enough of an impact. You know, when Donald Trump tweeted, uh, tweeted about wanting to, uh, years ago, about wanting to reverse uh, Obama's, uh, the Obama era uh, policy that allowed transgender people to serve in the military and tweet said, I'm taking them all out. It didn't actually happen for for several months after that. And and then eventually it did under Trump. But, you know, I think less people were aware of like exactly how that played out, but everybody knew that that was his intention. And so then, then the fear started to set in and people started to sort of react. And the same thing, you know, Florida DeSantis, you know, talked about publicly his intentions to criminalize the parents and the doctors of people who, uh, of, of transgender children or youth who are trans, uh, parents who are seeking treatment for their children or their teenage people, you know, their teenage, uh, teenagers. Um, and, you know, the, what the plan was to remove, like to remove custody, to actually take these children or the youth or whoever away from their parents and legal guardians who are looking for, you know, even talking about um, transgender treatment or having another trans sibling or if the parent happened to have been trans. The proposal was if this child, if a child is comes in contact in any way with what they're calling gender ideology, uh, whether that's a parent who happens to be trans, another sibling in the house, or access to materials and information provided by the parent, uh, then that's essentially grounds for the state coming in and removing the children from the home uh, and basically framing and labeling those parents as abusive, which I believe is the opposite. Of course, someone, a parent, you know, researching, you know, transgender healthcare is, is not a sign of how good of a parent they are. But it certainly is a sign that they're at least, you know, trying to create a space in terms of the person's, the child's gender identity and gender expression. I guess my point is that Florida and other states have, they, the, the impact is kind of twofold. Like them actually creating discriminatory laws um, is obviously terrible because, you know, when someone goes there, if someone visits from another place or something like that, then they'll suddenly find themselves in the middle of a situation that they weren't expecting and can't control. And it obviously, you know, sends a message to the people who live there. But the fact that they're even discussing it and like saying, make saying things like Florida is where woke goes to die because, you know, DeSantis also has legislation that has the word woke in it like an anti-woke law. Now, what does that really mean? Like it's what really what does it mean? Like it's it's not it's not something that you can actually qualify. But he's really just saying, you know, it's basically just saying we we like to discriminate. 
Um, and so whether or not that actually gets turned into law, it's pretty bad. I think the question is like, what do they think woke means? Like, I would say woke is a term that uh, people on the left, specifically black people, were using to say like, I have finally, I'm awake. I can see the injustices of life now. I am decolonizing my mind. I am no longer sleeping. I'm awake now. Are you woke? And then I, it seems like some um, people on the right have um, taken that and are trying to flip it around and now make it seem like it's a bad thing. Oh, they definitely have. And that's what they do with all the things. They, they take it, they, in, in the absence of actual policy, it seems like they take definitions, terminology, identifiers, and, cre- and create, redefine it for themselves and then use it against us as a weapon. You know, they do the same, they do, I mean, it's just like, even the, it's just very disingenuous. Even the whole, like, um, this is kind of abstract, like the Mothers for Freedom group or whatever are actually like anti-trans women who who are, you know, against abortion. You know, that's not really a f- type of freedom. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it feels like an attempt to make people not want to identify with something that was once considered quite positive. But now they take that thing that we were once considering quite a good thing. And now it's like no one wants to hear it because they say, go woke, go broke. You know, these people have gone absolutely out of their minds Mm -hmm. because because Bud Bud Light uh, did a, a, a digital campaign with a trans woman. And, and 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 now people are are shooting Bud Light with assault rifles and running over Bud Light with bulldozers and pouring Bud Light into the into rivers. Shooting it with guns. It, it, it is. Yeah, Kid Rock did a video. You know Kid Rock? Of course I do. Kid Rock did a video where he put a bunch of Bud Light up on a table and then like shot it with a gun. So yeah, I think it was actually, it, it wasn't, I don't think it was just Bud Light cans. I think it was actually the cans with Dylan Mulvaney, the spokesperson's face on the cans. I mean, that would have made m- more sense, but it's really interesting. I watched a video of uh, someone sort of deconstructing Kid Rock's, Kid Rock's uh, gun technique, like his stance, how he was holding the gun, the fact that he didn't have on any safety goggles or gear, he- earphones or whatever they put on to protect their earwear. Um, and also the fact that this, I guess the sparks that I, I guess would have been coming from the gun when it's fired, weren't coming from his actual gun, which led her to believe that someone next to him was doing the firing. Um, and that woman was Charlotte Clymer. She's a transgender activist and public speaker. She's really awesome. Uh, and I mean, I, I would have no way of knowing it looked like he was shooting it to me, but, um, either whether it was actually him or someone else, I just, it's just really funny that, you know. He couldn't even actually shoot what he was doing. The theatrics yeah. of it are qu- the, the theatrics of it are quite uh, ridiculous when you consider that he basically set up a whole production with extra like stunt shooters to pull off his uh, internet bigotry. Yeah, the lengths to which people go, and that that's kind of I guess that's kind of my point. It's the theatrics of it, and so it's more important for him to set up a a video of him aiming at something, but not shooting, but then having it explode and then pretend like he actually shot it 
than it is for him to actually shoot it because he knows that even if he doesn't really do it, the impact is going to be the same. People are still going to react the same way. People are going to, you know, do all that. And so it's kind of the same thing with these governors and all these states, uh, you know, suddenly, you know, acting out and acting very wild about, you know, not only trans folks, but also people of color, and you know, which are oftentimes one and the same, obviously. And then, you know, th- issues like, uh, you know, reproductive rights and things like that. They're just like going ham and they're really digging in their heels and really not having much to say about any other thing. Yeah. And especially when it feels like America, Americans had a lot of grievances with the country. And I don't know that uh, America's main grievance was um, trans people and um and trans kids getting gender affirming care so while americans were like we're having a hard time eating we some of a lot of us don't have homes uh a lot of us you know are trying to pay off our student loans Um, our our um our mortgage rates are out of control instead of addressing any of that stuff politicians have decided to address something that 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 it felt like was not a big issue for Americans and they ended up creating it and making it an issue. The time that I generally hear these people instantly and sort of easily refer to a lot of the issues that you're talking about or the types of issues that you're talking about is when they refer to them as kitchen table issues. And when they are, and that's usually in response to a shooting or some other terrible, unexpected, you know, mass shooting or, or terrible event. And when people want to talk about gun violence, then they'll turn around and say, oh, well, why aren't we talking about kitchen table issues like people can't have can't put food on the table and people can't pay their bills? You know, that's what we should be talking about, not gun violence or gun control. And but then they turn around and don't do anything about the kitchen table issues. They go and, you know, expel the transgender uh, representatives who have been voted into uh, to office from the Montana state uh, legislature. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I mean, I, I can't, I, I actually, I can't make sense of it. It, it is, um, it, it's much more sensational, you know what I mean? And I and I think that politics mm-hmm. are in a, um, I, I don't, the word polarizing doesn't seem to do enough justice to how hostile the <laughs> current political climate is. Like hostile, like, you know, polarizing is like when you're like, I don't know, John McCain or Obama, but this is ho- like hostile. It it feels. Uh, I mean, they're making up. It's not even. It's not even pol- polarizing. Is you know the way you well, the way one thing is. I'm instantly the opposite, and so it means either either yeah. or, and people just go to one end or the other, and they just go that to that end. And they, with a full awareness that the other end exists and also acknowledgement that the thing is going to exist. So, you know, polarizing is the, you know, I guess the Los Angeles, New York conversation, right? But what they're doing is what I, in my mind, is the equivalent of going to Los Angeles, a New Yorker going to Los Angeles, poisoning everyone in the state to kill them off or in the in the city to kill them off, and then lying and saying that everyone in Los Angeles are, are killer are, are tried to poison New York. Yeah, it, it is. 
It's like they lie about it to destroy it. <laughs> it is. It is. It is really. It is. It is bizarre. And you know, I just could not. I. I'm sure someone was like, how could you not see this? But I just did not. This was not on my 2023 bingo card. I did not envision the world taking a step back so <laughs> severe and so fast. Me neither. I do remember I do remember thinking to myself. I thought when Joe Biden won. I do remember thinking to myself, wow. I, th- I remember mm. thinking out loud, Obama got elected and, and we're going to get we're going to get retaliation for this. I remember thinking that. Like Obama, Obama got elected, mm-hmm. and the people who really mm-hmm. didn't, and we did, we didn't want we as a, as a people will get retaliation for electing Obama, and I and I don't think that this is all because of that, but it feels like uh, as the country began to swing left, now the pendulum swings back. It always swings back. I said, I don't even know if um, the country, if 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 what's going on in these places is truly a reflection of most of the country. I think that most of the country is still quite liberal. I think that we that we have proven that in the last um, in every election cycle since um, since Al Gore, you know, most Americans have voted um, left and Democrat since Al Gore. The popular vote has been has gone to the it's gone to the Democrat Party for the most part, and there's a lot of issues with the two party system and you know politics in general, American politics, and because of I believe connected to capitalism is corrupt for sure, regardless of party affiliation. But we're talking about the rhetoric and the the, the way human beings are actually treated on the day-to-day. Yeah. Uh, and that also, you know, it is in contrast, you know, it's, it's just extremely vicious and things are definitely... If he, I don't ever remember things getting that out of control when I was a voting adult. That's one of the first elections I voted in was uh, the first election I voted in was was during when was for Al Gore, um, and I, I I remember people becoming you know sort of emotional about it and you know there was obviously debates, but I just don't remember it getting this vicious and nasty to the point where it feels all year. It feels like we're doing it all year every four years. I feel like we haven't stopped talking about Trump since he lost his thing. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It is nonstop. It is an absolute onslaught. It feels physically exhausting. And I, I know I mentioned this a lot, but I, I'm often reminded of that one thing that um that Trump said. I can't remember where he said it or why he said it, but he was talking about um getting rid of people in this country that he didn't want. I think he was specifically referring to immigrants. But what he said was we're gonna make it so bad in this country. He was referring to to illegal immigrants, and he was saying we're going to make it so bad in this country that they'll want to deport themselves. And I also remember there was a time where a lot of black people, a lot of queer people, a lot of people of color, a lot of marginalized people were all considering our exit plan. We were all like, "How are we going to get out of this country?" And then that's when I realized, "Oh my God, he did it. He made a lot of us." And and you and I both know people who have moved out of the country because they just can't take it anymore. You know what I mean? And he really did make some people deport themselves, which is wild. It's and terrible. Maybe it is short-sighted of me, but I'm like, I am certainly not giving up this country. For, no. Like, I, I'm certainly not going to be like, well, I'm going to give up and let them have it and move to another country. No, absolutely not. Especially not when my family and, and, and my ancestors have put as much blood, sweat, and tears, if not more, into this country than the next person. 
Yeah, you know, that is a natural response when you're when your habitat or where you're living or your environment feels hostile. Like there's certainly a fight or flight um, response. And, you know, it, it, it ta- the, the thing that's a shame is that it often takes time, energy, and sometimes even money uh, to withstand or maintain the same level or quality of life that you had beforehand. And so if you're just trying to work and pay bills, which most working class people in this country uh, struggle to do anyway, and then on top of that, you have to worry about, you know, um, t- r- getting paint remover to remove the spray paint that the, the t- that the, you know, domestic terrorists have spray painted, you know, swastikas or, or you know, racial epithets or, or slurs or hate speech onto your house every week, of course, you're going to want to move, you know? Um, yeah. And so it, it is, it is, it is really upsetting, but I agree with you. I think, you know, we, as we are seeing a move by certain legislators to sort of limit uh, the the speech of, you know, people who are queer and limit access to that speech by demonizing it and try to criminalizing it. Um, I think that the creation of, obviously we want laws that are protective and while in the absence of some of those laws or while anti, uh, while discriminatory laws are being created and sort of reproduced and copied all across the country, while that's happening, we have, you know, queer art and queer and, and progressive art um, that hopefully will continue to be made. You know, you're getting ready to go on tour with Madonna. I would, you know, we saw what Lizzo just, um, you probably saw what Lizzo just did on the on her um, stage in Tennessee. She brought drag queens out with her. And that, that doesn't change anything. But, you know, it, it I mean, I can't, it doesn't or like does change it? the world. I mean, what I mean is it doesn't like, change the fact that there's might still be anti LGBT laws and, and drag bands in Tennessee, yeah. but it does show people that, you know, that folks are progressive, like you said. And so I think we have to continue to create this, uh, all of this type of art, you know, um, that we're trying to make and hopefully people will be able to see it because, because the art and the creativity and the entertainment is really what changes people's minds. So, and this is something I want to talk about too. Like whenever you, whenever you feel like the world is at loss, I want to talk about what happened on April twenty seventh. Um, the U.S. Justice Department sues Tennessee over transgender healthcare law. The United States Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit challenging Tennessee's new law banning transgender youth from receiving gender affirming care. One of the several laws that the state's Republican dominated legislature enacted this year aimed at LGBTQ plus people. And I want to say, I want to be very clear about this when. When we talk about gender affirming care for minors, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, it is usually therapy and social transitioning, which includes trying out a new name or even just a nickname, wearing nails, growing your hair out, um, try, trying to um, dress in a way that feels more comfortable at home. That's what that's what we uh, that's what is overwhelmingly being done in terms of gender affirming care for minors, especially especially people under thirteen. Um, no one under the age of thirteen is getting their is getting top surgery. A lot of people under thirteen don't even have breasts, let alone are getting them removed. 
Um, and you probably wouldn't want to get a top surgery in the middle of growing breasts because I don't, I don't actually I don't understand how that how the how the 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 anatomy behind the growth of breast tissue works in those years. And I don't know if you if removing it would make it grow more. That's that, that's not the point. But what we're what what is happening is overwhelmingly it is uh, just um, therapy and social transitioning. Um, in rare instances, it is puberty blockers. And to give you an, an idea, like there are these these really big advocates, especially online, against uh, kids having puberty blockers, even though pu- puberty blockers have been shown to be pretty much like 99, I don't know the numbers, but very reversible, very little effects on the body if, it, if you don't um, take them um, forever and ever and ever. Um, all the effects are reversible. And um, 200, so here's, a, I, I found this number out recently, and we should probably do some fact checking, but there are 200,000 kids a year on puberty blockers. Um, did you know that only that that 195,000 of those kids do not consider themselves uh, trans or anything. That is a lot of kids going through something called precocious puberty. Um, less than 5,000 kids a year are in puberty blockers um, as a treatment for dysphoria. I did know so that. I, I, that I, I knew that the same way that I know that when we talk about gender affirming care, which, as you mentioned, isn't just surgery for transgender people. Gender affirming care can be surgery on breast tissue, on genitalia. Uh, it can include hormone replacement therapy. But in addition to that, gender affirming care uh, is is any type of care, whether it's medical uh, you know, sort of psychiatric or for mental health purposes, uh, that's meant to help people feel better basically in their own skin as their gender. And that can be everything from hair, uh, loss treatments, you know, finasteride, minoxidil, uh, you know, hair transplants to, uh, you know, um, obviously hormone replacement therapy for, for, for any number of reasons, Viagra, uh, fertility treatments. And most of these things are consumed by people who are not transgender in general. Uh, pretty much any service you talk about, for the most part, um, if it's something that's available to other people, most of, most of the things that transgender people are availing themselves of, the treatments that are being used to treat transgender people, um, are are most of those things are not things that were event, invented just for transgender people, you know, outright. Most of those things were 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 started and used primarily on cisgender people, people who don't identify as trans. So I'm not yep. surprised that most of the mastectomies, most of the top surgeries, most of the hormone replacement therapy, most of the hair transplants, most of the Viagra, most of the puberty blockers, puberty blockers most of the um, fertility treatments are for people who are not trans. And trans people are just wanting to get receive the same care. And most doctors, I mean, this is the thing that people are really complaining about the sort of medicalization of kids and saying that you're forcing people, you're, they're saying they're using the youth argument to try to get their foot in the door. And then they'll say, we just want to stop it for all children because you're abusing children. And then they turn around and create a law. Then they say, oh, actually, we don't want it for any, any adults. All of you, we're going to take it away from. But in the meantime, they are, you know, like how many of their, um, you know, favorite people that they're looking at in Hollywood have lip injections and facial feminization, what we're calling facial feminization surgery. Facial feminization surgery is basically just nose jobs and, you know, fillers and stuff like that. Nate, I can't, Hollywood is, is filled with that, you know, plastic surgery to augment their bodies, you know, to get bigger breasts for their favorite porn star. Those are gender affirming care. And that's not, that's not, 
just for transgender people. And it's just so disingenuous. And they don't even realize that that's what they're, they're doing, but they're demonizing it for transgender people and then trying to cut us off from having that same access. Yeah, there, there are also there are, there are laws out there now, and there are just so many, I literally can't keep up with them, where they're saying, like, you, Medicare will no longer cover gender-affirming care. But again, it's only for trans people. And I don't see any I don't see any people in the streets marching. They're like, first of all, like the, the idea that 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 uh, that the 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 gender affirming care that trans people receive is going to somehow break the like the make your taxes go up. There aren't even that many trans people to make this. It's just not they're not, they're not, not enough to affect it. However, you know, the U.S. military um, spends 40 million dollars every year providing Viagra to the and, troops, which is really interesting because, I mean, I don't know the policies of the U.S. military, but I've heard and this is just, you know, someone could have to fact check it. I don't believe that like who are they having sex with? I don't believe that like sex, sexual activity is a part of the military service. Like it's not, you know, they're, they're not. I don't believe that it's encouraged that the soldiers are having sex with each other. Of course they are. And I, and regardless of what gender and sex they are, I'm saying like, you know, I, I think um, it's, it's basically a work environment. And so I'm sure that a sergeant having sex with, with a private or with a, a soldier below them is probably not, is, is probably not recommended. If anything, it not might culture. be, yeah, it, it probably is against their policy, and I I believe that sex within um uh between soldiers is also something that's discouraged. And so, who are they supposed to be having sex with? Why are they having sex at such a rate that they need, uh, you know, Vi- Viagra? Well, Viagra is not just just because it's not just for the effect of having sex. It's also so that someone can feel better about having sex. The person it's a lot of times, you know, Viagra is connected or the um, erectile dysfunction can be connected and have uh, negative effects. Not only the inability to get get or maintain an erection for that session for having sex, but also it can play a part in the psyche and the mental health of the person with the penis who's trying to have sex. If they can't receive erections when they want to have sex, then it can become depressing for them, basically. And so that means that it's it somehow their body is not aligning with what they what their mind or idea is of what it should be to have a penis and be able to use it for sex that makes viagra a gender affirming care gender affirming care and i think what what was really interesting to note here is that like i think a lot of people who bring up things like this we're not advocating for them to stop giving viagra to the troops what we're saying is, if it's good for the goose, then it's good for the gander. So if you if we can provide gender affirming care to the U.S. troops, and I, I I've known people who have suffered from erectile dysfunction, and it can have a very damaging effect on your uh, mental health um, when you feel like you cannot show up in the way that you want to show up um, for a sexual partner. It, it can it, it really affects a lot of people very very deeply, and and, and it's not something that's that's uh, like just thrown to the side as, as, as a joke. But they know that, and they that's also don't care. That's why treating it so seriously. They know the high suicide rates and the damage. They know that the da- they know the damage that it that it can do to to transgender people. They acknowledge it, and then they ignore the cause, and then only look at the symptom and say, "Well, why would you want to be transgender people anyway?" Because all they do is uh, commit suicide. Without 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 looking at um, the causes. The, the reason why the rate is so high. Yeah. You know? 
instead of just saying it's just a bunch of sad trans people maybe it you know another i've been looking up a lot of statistics and again I, we, we should probably fact check all these but like my numbers are a little bit off but um you know it, of detransitioners over half of detransitioners re retransition i want to make that very clear over half of detransitioners retransition and something like 80 percent of detransitioners said they detransition not because they weren't trans but because it was just too hard to live in the world as a visibly trans person. I think that's really valid, but even if it even if it wasn't, even if ever, even 100% of the people who detransition transition because they say I got fooled into being trans, I don't like being trans, I hated it, it wasn't for me, it wasn't even if even if 100% of them said that, which we know is not true because you just told us and we we there's evidence um even though we don't have the exact number here, there is evidence. Uh even if it were true that, that that were the case, why are we talking about the detransition rate? But we're never talking about, and we're in, in those same arguments, not acknowledging in that same set of evidence that people are giving of all the people who detransition, why aren't you talking about all of the people who transition and never detransition? If you're going to say this juice that somebody, one lady died from drinking this juice, so we have to cancel orange juice. Well, wait a minute. What about all the other people who drink it and have a great life? And so, like, you have to look at both. If we're talking about access to care and with the effects of it on someone's life, you can't just talk about the, the small amount of people who tragically had a terrible time with that and not acknowledge all the people who do have a, whose lives are enriched by that. That's like saying um, uh, someone I know who went in for a heart transplant or heart surgery died. So we need to cancel all heart surgery for all people because heart surgery is dangerous. And if you get it, you'll die. That's not true because of, for every one person who may have died for heart surgery, there's probably a million people who've had heart surgery and are still alive because they had the heart surgery. Yeah. And uh, according to a UK, uh, another study from a U UK primary care practice found that 12.12% of those who start hormone treatments either detransition or document regret. But that what what that isn't saying is that uh, what's that 78% of people who transition um, are are have have decided not to detransition. And it also the numbers can be skewed because a lot of people uh, detransition for medical reasons. Some people, um, there, there's a lot of reasons. It's not just because they're like, I regret doing this because I'm not actually trans. And it's not, it's not looking at the, it's not looking at the success rate of people who have, whose mental health has gotten a thousand times better. And also what it means when you are affirmed in your gender and those around you, the social aspects of transitioning. I, I would love to see a study on the joy and the happiness of trans people who are affirmed by people in their lives, by their parents, by their partners, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that going back to sort of what you said, it is so like, obviously we could talk about this endlessly, um, but it, it oh, yeah, there's, there's a, there, we, we just have a stat in, let me see this. We have a stat in eight percent of eight percent of respondents reported ha uh, having ever detransitioned. Sixty-two percent of that group reported transitioning again and were living as a gender other than the one they were assigned at birth at the time of surgery. So yeah, so so that so just to reiterate, like a very small percentage of people detransition, and then the ones who do, over half of them retransition again. And of the people who. Of the people who are transgender and receive gender affirming care, I don't know this, but only but in even smaller percent of the of those people 
actually even consider detransitioning. It's like most of the people who transition just stay that way. Um, and there's so many people who don't even have access to it. And so it's, it really is bonkers that we're, they've gotten us into a position where we're just trying to defend ourselves against ourselves. And they're using our own arguments against us, but they're, but they're lying to try to make us justify our own existence instead of being us being able to point out how they're attacking and dismantling access to healthcare and the fact that they are using it too. And it's really, it's like the ultimate form of political gaslighting. No, for sure. And, and, and that's why, that's why I mentioned the puberty blockers before, because I, I find it again, like you said, disingenuous that they want to stop gender affirming, that they want to stop puberty blockers j- only for trans kids. They're going on and on about how, how dangerous they think they are, even though the scientific community has come out pretty overwhelmingly saying that puberty blockers are not dangerous. And then they were like, we, we, we don't want it except for kids who don't consider themselves trans. And I don't understand how people don't see that as an anti LGBTQIA plus law. I don't get it. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me how those pieces are not connecting for them. But maybe, maybe it does connect for them. They just don't care. Maybe that's really what, maybe, maybe I think it is, is, Bob. I mean, at this point, like, we can't they, say that they, they don't do. know that they're being anti-trans and that, that, that the things that they're doing and saying are harmful and hurtful to transgender people. They know that because not only do they have to see who we are, they have to learn that we have things like gender affirming care. They take the time to, 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 to for, an, for a while to learn about and study up on the different things that are included in that. And then piece by piece, they pick it apart, turn it around and demonize it against us. And so they, they already know the impact that, that these things have on us. That's why they're using them. That's why there's things like the law cabin Republicans. That's why there's things like gays against groomers, because they're actually hiring people who are allegedly queer and in the LGBTQ community, and even transgender people who somehow benefit from being, being able to, to float these ideas. And also like a transgender person saying transgender healthcare is harmful and trans women don't belong in this and trans women don't belong here. They get a trans woman to say it because then it, it appears, it, it appeals to people sort of, um, not logically, but like almost, um, and it's a knee jerk reaction that feels like it makes sense to people. And then as long as they have that, they don't need to dig any further into it to look at any of the facts or information because they're just in a, they're sort of like, um, their intuition is telling them, you know, oh, that's probably right. Why would, why would a woman say that? You know, that's why like Andrew Tate now has women on his pot, on his podcast and, and people like Andrew Tate in the manosphere, these incels, whatever, are, are bringing women on to say women belong in the kitchen. Women should not have abortion. Women should just stay home and not have jobs and raise kids. Women's, they, women are saying that. They're getting women to say that. And it's not because the majority yeah. of women feel that way. It's because they could go out and find a woman, pr- probably pay her enough money to say those things, and then she agrees to do it. And then it's more influential. A woman saying... Abortion is harmful, and women belong in the kitchen. Somehow lands differently than some guy saying it, and so they're doing. And so they know for sure. They know that that's harmful. They know what they're doing. They don't care. (laughs) Yeah, 
for sure. And, and, and that's why um, that's why you see people like Candace Owens mm-hmm. and Caitlyn Jenner mm-hmm. and uh, Christian Walker and Blair White. Um, they they're such prominent figures in this movement because, in my opinion, they're being used by the right because they're like, well, it's going to be more valid coming from a trans woman. So when Caitlyn Jenner tweets out against trans people or the transgender mafia or, or whatever she's calling it, then it, in their mind, that, that carries more weight, which I just cannot believe that this is where Caitlyn Jenner, Jenner. <laughs> has decided to turn her, her, her social media focus. Another transurrection. I don't remember Caitlyn Jenner being this, being this um, big when it came to the actual insurrection. I don't remember that. I don't remember her going so vocal on it, but now she's calling us the the radical rainbow mafia. She's yeah, never she's doing all these things. She didn't, she didn't a- because she's lying. She knows she got to know the transgender community. She had a whole TV show about it. She wanted to make money off of the fact that she was transitioning, and she she really relied on the uh, the the LGBTQ plus community to rally around her and support her in a time when, when she came out, she wasn't getting support from all the other people. And so it wasn't until she was able to solidify her place as a woman, as a valid trans or woman who's of transgender experience that people are recognizing because get, remind you, most of, most people were still calling her by her dead name or her old name when she first transitioned, which is understandable because it takes time for people to get it. But there were people who were digging in their heels. The LGBTQ plus community, even though they didn't necessarily like her and they were kind of saying, oh my gosh, this is a rich white woman. They were calling her a woman. They were not misgendering her. They were calling her by Caitlyn Jenner. The minute she came out as trans, the transgender community and the LGBTQ plus community accepted her as a woman, as a valid woman, and were using her, calling her by her pronouns and her new name. The, the people, other people, the conservatives and the people who are typically anti-trans were the ones who continued to call her by her dead name and to, to misgender her. And they, some of them still do it to this day until she started speaking their language and advocating against us. Now, for some reason, they'll say, we're against all transgender people. We don't respect trans women, but we will call Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner she and by her name. <laughs> Yeah, because she's because she's on because she's on their side now. And yeah, while I admit the the, the queer community at large does acknowledge Caitlyn Jenner as a woman, she a nutty woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I didn't say they like <laughs> her. They don't like her politics. Have. They don't like a lot about her. But they, I don't know that many trans women who who call trick Caitlyn Jenner a he. I don't think I know any. Yeah, and I, and I think that um. You know, I mean, we're going to wrap up here, but I think that it is that especially anyone in these streets on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, advocating against the rights of trans people, I promise you, I promise you, and you, you can mark my words down. Mark, you can write down the day you heard these words. In 40 years, your children, your grandchildren will be very embarrassed that this footage exists. They will be very embarrassed that you were on the side of the fight that you're on. I do not think it will go the way I don't think it will go down in history the way you that you that you're feeling it will. Um and I think that it's worth um reconsidering your like zoom out. Zoom out is all I'm saying. There's, you know, it's been it's been a lot and there's a lot for us to talk about for sure. 
Um, we know that there's been a lot of anti-trans uh, legislation, anti-LGBTQ legislation, a myriad of drag bans occurring across the country. Which we will discuss during our next bonus episode. Please give it a listen when it drops on May 24th, uh, just ahead of our season two debut on June 14th. And a special thanks to our wonderful production team, Charlene Westbrook, Corey Nixon, Tracy Marquez, Amelia Rutaller, and music by Lefembert. See you next time. Thank you all for joining us. We'll, we'll see you on uh, the 24th. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.